Well, well, well. Ladies and gentlemen, it has been approximately well, almost two months to the date. We have hopped, or I should say I have hopped, back into the saddle, back into the podcast world, back into the concept. Here we are. First and foremost, before we begin the episode, I just want to say two things. Number one, Happy New Year to everybody. Happy 2023. Hope everyone had a great holiday break. I hope everyone's having a great start to their year. It is MLK Day. Hope everyone's enjoying their holiday. And second of all, you may notice a difference uh, in my voice and uh, the quality, and that is because, shout out to my parents, I have a new microphone. So this is what the concept will be using for the foreseeable future. It is so much better. The audio is so much clearer, and I don't have to talk right into my phone like I'm doing a business call of some sort. So that's that. It is January 16th. The NBA has just wrapped up its halfway points. So the NBA, if you guys don't know, 82 games a season. The 41st game for all team has just passed by. And really, there have been a lot of surprises this year. Some good, some bad, and some that just have been blown out of the water. That's exactly what we'll be covering today. I'm going to be going through most impressive team, least impressive teams, because there is more than one. Breakout players, surprising players, all that good stuff. So, without further ado, we are a minute and a half in. Let's get the show on the road. So, I figured we'd start this off with breakout players. Uh, there have been a few. Um, so, for me, I'm going to judge breakout players by uh, people who have done better than I had initially thought, better than the league has initially thought, been an amazing role player. I'll shout out some players you may not be expecting or you may not know. The first and first of which, he even got something in my throat. The first of which I think we have to point out the obvious is Lowry Markinen, Utah Jazz. Dude was traded from Cleveland in the offseason as part of the Donovan Mitchell trade. And at first, I really thought Utah was not getting enough back for him. Um, I speak for myself and I'm sure thousands of others. Um, we were wrong. We were very wrong. Uh, Lowry Markinen has developed not into just a great role player, but an all star caliber player at that same level. <clears throat> me. I also want to point out, guys, uh, before I continue this, um, if you guys hear some raspiness in my voice, uh, I don't know what it is again. I am just coming off the tail end of some horrible throat sickness, uh, so please bear with me uh, if you hear this going on in this episode or the next episode. Um, just hope we get, get that cleared up soon. But anyway, back to the Jazz, who, um, despite changing their jerseys to a rather questionable and rather boring jersey design, they have gone out and done the polar opposite of what everyone thought they were going to do, which was tank. They've gone out and they've just gone on a good winning streak. They're just below 500 at this point. Now they had a great start. They were leading the Western Conference. Even so, I have maintained this point for a long time that even a team that does better than everyone else thought with young players and has a lot to build on, even if they do finish below 500, guess what? They've built up enough of their own stock to where free agents in the offseason want to go and sign for that team. And when that happens, that team will only get stronger. They can then trade the massive amount of picks they got back for other assets, trading up for picks, trading down for picks, getting other role players they want. So the Jazz as a whole will be an interesting team to watch, not only now, but for the future. So shout out Larry Markinen. I really do hope he makes All-Star very soon. Um, he should do it this year. I'd be very surprised if he doesn't. Second breakout player. Um, I'm going to throw in a little bit of my own personal bias in there, so excuse me. Yes, I broke the golden rule of uh, 
journalism slash broadcast slash recording, which is don't be biased. Um, all I got to say is it's my show. Um, and I will shout out one of the players who I follow very closely. I am, of course, talking about Kyle Kuzma, being a Wizards fan of myself. I knew Kuz was going to produce this year. I expected him to. He averaged almost 18 points a game last year. He went from being a bench warmer to a six-man material from at LA to bona fide starter and a piece that the Wizards need week by week. Um, he's just coming off a 40-point performance and a unfortunate loss to the Knicks, but if he's putting up 47 and 7 like he did, and if he keeps coming up in the clutch with the Wizards, he just hit an incredible game winner against the Bulls last week. Shout out Kuz. He's going to be one to watch out for. Um, Kuz just also opted out of a contract, um, so it'll be interesting to see where he goes, see if he gets traded. I really hope he doesn't, coming from a Wizards fan. Kuz is averaging almost 22 points a game, over eight, almost eight rebounds a game, and almost four assists, which I think is the biggest part of that. Um, Kuz just become an all-round better player since becoming a starter. So he's a good third piece to the Washington Wizards' big three um, when Beal isn't playing. I hope Bradley Beal can come back soon. But in a rather underwhelming season, I think, for the Washington Wizards, um, that probably has a lot to do with injury and new players. Uh, Kuzma's in a bright spot. So I really hope he gets the respect he deserves. He'll definitely get paid. He will get the money he deserves. There will be no question about that. So shout out, Kuz. You're on that list. The last player I want to shout out, and I know I said in the intro that I'm going to shout out somebody you may not have heard of before. I'm going to shout out a role player. That's right. I'm not only shouting out players who I think are going to make all-star this year or come close. I'm going to shout out a player who I think has done his job better and has, suit, and has suited his new team better than anyone else in the entire league besides Larry Markin. The player I'm talking about plays for the, at the moment, best team in the West, the Denver Nuggets. I'm talking about Bruce Brown. Uh, he was traded from Brooklyn in the offseason um, or signed. I can't remember. Maybe I'm mixing it up. But anyway, he went from Brooklyn to Denver in the offseason. Um, and initially, I thought Brooklyn was going to be losing a big player. Um, Bruce Brown is one of the best role players in the entire league, in my personal opinion. Um, maybe others share that opinion. You can go on Twitter for that if you want to, to reply to me and tell me I'm wrong or if I'm right, because that's what Twitter is for most of the time. I've maintained that for a long time that you don't need a team of all all-stars to be good. Uh, you don't need a team of all all-stars to reach the top. You need a team of good role players. You know, a team that has one of everybody. A team that can be binded together, uh, that can be strong together, and won't have a lot of, you know, ball dominance on one court, which I think is what the Lakers struggle from. Bruce Brown really fits that persona because he's not an all-star caliber player. He's not a starter for the most part, but he's just a really good, really reliable, really consistent bench option that can be a starter to fill in if somebody gets hurt and he will put up efficient numbers. I once heard on an ESPN broadcast, I forget which game it was. I think it was Nuggets Lakers where somebody said, Bruce Brown might be one of the best offseason signings because he's a guy who just does his job super well. And all I got to say is, give that man the respect he deserves. I think he's one of the most slept-on role players in the entire league. So, Bruce, you've earned my respect, and I'm sure you've earned the respect of Denver fans and fans of the game who know the game across the world and across the United States. So, good on you, and uh, I'm glad to see Denver on top. Uh, they seem to have really worked things out. They seem to be very dangerous. Speaking of Denver... 
we now get to the segment where um, I may be pissing some people off, depending on whatever fan base you want to follow. This is the section where I'm going to go through, in my opinion, the most impressive team at the halfway point or just after we're on January 16th. So we just passed that. I think we're two or three games ahead of that. But regardless, then I'm going to go through my least impressive team um, or teams, I should say, because there is more than one, like I said in the intro. Um, that's why I think the season's been great. Uh, there's been a lot of good surprises and ugly surprises, but all that gives me as a podcast host is more to talk about. So, um, thank you to all those surprises. Let's start with my most impressive team so far. Um, I'm going to shout out to a uh, brief glimpse, Denver Nuggets, um, continuing on the Bruce Brown trend. Denver Nuggets are currently first in the Western conference. Uh, they are tied with the Memphis Grizzlies but I believe the Nuggets will pull away at some point. The Nuggets are 30-13. and 13. They just won against the Magic last night. Nikola Jokic hit it with a step-back three to win. The Nuggets really struggled last season with players being out. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. was out for most of the entire season, and Jamal Murray, as we all know, I'm sure, uh, NBA fans, missed the entire season uh, with a 20 ACL. Jamal Murray is one of my favorite players in the league. I want to point that out. Um, so I was really wondering how he'd fit into a team that, um, although has the reigning MVP, back-to-back MVP, how are they going to fit uh, into a, a better identity and become bona fide title contenders? Well, that has become the reality right now. Um, Jokic is playing at the level that we all expect him to be playing at, averaging almost a triple double. But Jamal Murray has fitted back into the system where he will average 19-4-6 and six easily. Easily. And I think that's fantastic because they really missed that last season. And then you got Aaron Gordon of all players. Um, yes, if you've watched Uncle Drew, yes, that is Casper. And yes, that is one of the best dunkers in the game, Aaron Gordon. That guy is one of the more surprising players as well. So I'll give him the honorable mention of that last category. But he's averaging almost 17 points a game. He's dunking all over people and he's shooting efficiently. He's shooting over 60% from the field, which is completely crazy. It's thanks to the efficient shooting. It's thanks to the great depth they have with Bruce Brown, once again, shout out, and Bones Highland, who is really starting to impress me. That team is just one to look out for. They got pieces, and I really think they could become a dark horse to win the title. I know what you may be thinking. The term dark horse is a weird one because dark horse would usually mean somebody who's creeping up to win the title. I'm still going to maintain that the Nuggets have that title because... When it has come to the playoffs, I'll be honest, the Nuggets don't really play like their depth. So we'll have to see. Um, I do think the Nuggets could contend based on the way that they're playing. But the most impressive team, I think, for me so far has to be the Sacramento Kings because who would have thought or who would have thunk it? A team that hasn't made the playoffs in almost two decades. A team that has one of the hardest divisions in the entire league uh, with both Los Angeles teams, Lakers and Clippers, the Suns and the Warriors. Uh, if you count that, that is four potential playoff teams in your one division. That is half of the potential playoff spots in the West. So the Kings knew what they had to be dealing with. Um, and this was the team that made one of the weirdest trades last season. They traded away DeMontis, They traded away Tyree Talliburton for DeMontis Sabonis. We all thought that was weird. We all thought it didn't make sense. That is until... It did because it's something simple that makes this team really good. And to be honest, it's for the same reason that Denver is so good. 
role players. Once again, I maintain that a good team does not that does not need to be made up of just all all stars. They need to be made up of good role players who just do their job, who fit into their team. I want to go back to Demonte Sabonis for a second, the guy who was traded last season for Tyrese Halliburton and brought into the Sacramento Kings. He leads the league in rebounds. He's averaging 12.6 a game, and I would think he's going to get further than that because his recent rebounding numbers have been through the roof, like averaging almost 20 his last three games. We got the Aaron Fox, star of that team. He's averaging over 20 points a game, as we all expected. And their shooting overall, whether that's in the starting lineup or on the bench, has just become so much more consistent. That team is exciting. We got Keegan Murray, the rookie, who's finally starting to find some form. He's averaging over 40% from three. They picked up Malik Monk from the Lakers in the offseason, which I think is a great scoring option off the bench. And you got Kevin Herter, who I think is one of the biggest X factors in the entire league. He's not only rocking an amazing new headband, shout out to Kevin Herter for a, a really awesome headband, uh, but his shooting lights out. He's shooting almost 42% from three. So if you put great rebounding, great dunking ability, great driving ability, good size, and good shooting together, all I got to say is, guys, watch out for Sacramento. Light the beam. I am a supporter of the beam. Okay. The positive stuff's out of the way. It is a currently gloomy, rainy Monday here at the University of Dayton where I'm recording this. This is the part where I'm going to have to just make this apology right now. If I piss you off, just make the reminder. Or just let me remind you. I, it's not my fault. Your team isn't doing so well if you're a fan of these any of these three teams that I'm going to state. Going to rip the bandage off and just get through it. The least impressive teams. Number one, I got to put the Miami Heat in that list. Um, I really thought they are going to be contending for the title or become a solid top three spot in the East. But what they're struggling from is the opposite of what makes the most impressive teams, the Kings and the Nuggets, good. It's depth. Um, their depth is really being tested this season. Even with Jimmy Butler coming back from injury, even with Bam Adebayo rocking good rebounding, the team is still prone to losing games that it shouldn't. I've been noticing that on a multitude of occasions. They have the star talent. Like I said, they got Jimmy Butler, who does not his, his talent does not need to be questioned. You got Bam Adebayo, who I think I've said, I've said I know I've said at the beginning of the year, my prediction was he's going to be a frontrunner for Defensive Player of the Year. For all I know, he still is. And then you have Tyler Hero, the remaining, or the reigning sixth man of the year and a good 20-plus point scorer. And you have Kyle Lowry, good veteran experience, good ball-dishing ability, along with a pretty decent bench. But it's the Heat's depth. And I know what I just said. I know they have a decent bench, but there is a problem in, in there somewhere that I can't figure out. <clears throat> it's the lack thereof. It's Tyler Hero going into the starting lineup that I think is the problem. If you take the the reigning sixth man of the year off the bench and put him in the starting lineup, guess what's going to happen? There's an empty spot. So that means you're going to have to find another good role player that's just as good as them to replace them, to even build your roster. And that's not what the Heat are doing. Um, there isn't a Tyler Hero level. Or there, isn't, there is not a Tyler Hero duplicate on their bench. And so I make my case until the Heat find a better scoring option off the bench. I don't think they're going to get much further than they are now. 
the second team, and this was pretty inevitable. Um, I, I, I got to throw the Golden State Warriors in there because what happened? Um, I mean, I, I think you all know why I've, I've got to put them on this list. They're reigning champions. Klay Thompson is healthy. Jordan Poole's coming back. You have the greatest shooter of all time, Steph Curry. You got all that talent, and yet they just keep hitting walls. They keep hitting roadblocks. Yes, I know Stephen Curry got injured. He's now back. Andrew Wiggins got injured. He's now back. But even with those obstacles in the way, that team has far too many good players to be hitting those walls that they're hitting. They have one of the best home records in the league, if not the best, but they have one of the worst away records in the league. It's been so night and day, so back and forth with this team that I'm honestly kind of worried. Um, I really thought this team would be one of the best teams in the entire West or in the entire league, and yet here they are hovering around the 500 mark, which I really did not expect. Okay, I'm going to round off this one by saying my least, my last least impressive team, and I'm going to have to be boring, but here it is. The Minnesota Timberwolves. All I got to say about this is the NBA is a business. It's not just a game. We know that it's not just a game. But the thing with business is no one promises good business for both sides when the trades are happening exactly or when selling points are happening. And that's really what's happened in Minnesota. In the offseason, they got Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz with a trade. And on paper, it would work based on the amount of size and talent that a team would have. I really expected them to go far. But it just hasn't. They gave up so much for Rudy Gobert to the Utah Jazz that the lack of depth now, much like the Miami Heat, is really starting to show through. They lost a lot of shooting. They lost a lot of rebounding off the bench. And I, I just don't know what the problem is with this team. Um, I, I don't think it's just Gobert that it's the problem. It's their squad and the turmoil going on in it. I don't know what the source is of it. They, they just depress me. Um, I'm sorry to say it, but they have the talent to really be something. So why aren't they? Maybe it's because Carl Anthony Towns got hurt. Um, he is still hurt. He got hurt against the Wizards a while ago. Um, maybe it's the lack of depth, or maybe it could be the recent D'Angelo Russell trade rumors that are going around um, that have surfaced. Whatever it may be, the talent that they have with Anthony Edwards, Rudy Gobert, D'Angelo Russell, and Carl Anthony Towns when he comes back. Whatever it may be, if you look at that squad now, a fully healthy squad, that team has far too much talent to be hovering even around the 500 mark, let alone below it. So expect Minnesota to be busy on the trade deadline or the deadline day. And it would not surprise me if D'Angelo Russell leaves. We'll just have to see, but Minnesota's a mess. They sh they're losing games that they should not be losing. So that, at this point, we're reaching almost a 20-minute mark, so we're going to wrap this up. That concludes this one. That concludes my half-season recap. Um, if you guys like what you heard, um, go ahead and follow me on Instagram at The Concept Podcast. Uh, if you follow me on Twitter at The Concept, uh, same spelling as how you'd you know, spell my podcast. Um, 
I'm going to bring some good news for you guys as well. Um, not only with the better audio quality, but um, with increased number of episodes. Uh, I promise that this entire year. Uh, we're going to try to get some guests onto the show pretty soon. Uh, that is in the works, so please stay tuned. Um, next episode, I can give you a preview about what's going to happen with that. Um, the halfway season point talk, however you want to word that, uh, will not end with just this episode. Um, the next episode, which will be coming out at some point next week, uh, we'll be going through um, who I think the potential award winners look like as of now, um, who's who I think is a front runner for MVP, uh, front runner for first time all star, most improved player, uh, first place in the East, first place in the West, all that good stuff. So I hope you guys liked it. I've been Connor, your host. This has been the concept. This has been a great new episode to start off the new year. Happy MLK to everybody. Happy holiday weekend. Happy Monday, if, even if it is raining wherever you are. Stay tuned to the next episode. I can't wait to do it. See you guys.